0: This is Unplugged, 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 Unplugged. Welcome back to part two to this episode of Unplugged. This is part two of the last episode, which is called Who is My Wife? Who is My Husband? And we are talking on the subject of marriage, how God puts marriages together, uh, how should we approach this subject, this situation, and what is the purpose of marriage, and and all of these things? Can we use scripture to guide us in in on this subject of, of marriage? Can we use scripture to 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 really show to us and confirm to us who is that, you know who's your husband, who's your wife? And I believe we can. And these are some of the things that the spirit of the Lord has just been teaching me within the last week. I mean, and this week, there's just been so much revelation that I have received on this subject matter. Things that I I, I didn't know before, things that I'd never seen through scripture. So in the last, in part one. I I briefly talked about, uh, not briefly, in depth, in detail, about how God put the first marriage together, Adam and Eve. You know, we saw that he first placed Adam in his purpose. And after Adam was in his purpose, Adam didn't even know that he needed a wife, that he needed someone to help him accomplish his purpose. But God, he says, "And, and God saw that it was not good for man to be alone, so he did put Adam you know in a deep sleep and 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 took a rib out of him from the woman because it says, but for Adam, there was not found anyone comparable to him, and we use that to talk about comparability and compatibility on three levels spirit, soul, body. Then I also talked about how we should this shouldn't be something we're seeking when the scripture say, seek first seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you this is how you can apply it in this situation is that if you are about the father's business as adam was as we see all these other marriages coming together and how the lord put them especially in in you know in the first covenant we see adam and eve we see isaac and rebecca uh, we see Jacob and Rachel. We also see Boaz and Ruth, and then we also talked about the virtuous woman. We see how the Lord puts marriages together. So, if you really want to know that you've not that you've made the right decision, if you really want to have peace and confidence in how you're approaching this situation. I would highly recommend that you approach it the way the Lord did it, how he he has done it in the past. And for me, it's been a challenge to me. I did share from a little bit of um, personal experience, and I've had the Lord challenge me and say, son, go back to the basics. This is how I did it. And if you, will, if you will approach it like this, be rest assured you will not miss out on the person that I am forming for you. Because the first thing we should do, both men and women, both sons and daughters of God, is we should seek his purpose. Seek his purpose. What is his purpose for your life? What has he called you to do? Once you have an understanding, once you're in that line, then the Lord himself sees it fit to bring Eve to you. This is what he did with Adam. It's also interesting that looking at the story of Boaz and Ruth, you know, Ruth wasn't seeking for a husband. If there's anyone who should have been seeking for a husband, it should have been her. Because she had lost her husband. She was a a widow. But Ruth went seeking first the kingdom of God. Because when when she lost her husband and when famine hit them, Naomi was going back. Naomi was coming back. Naomi was her first mother-in-law. Naomi was coming back and ruth had the option basically to say um this is what she said and this was a, another fresh revelation from the lord so this is in the book of ruth and this is what naomi said in 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 verse 11 naomi said turn again my daughters where will you go why will you go with me are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be a husbands. Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me. Much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. So Naomi suffered really calamity. She lost her husband. Then she lost her two sons. So now she's stuck with her two, I guess you can call them daughters-in-law. But she's telling them, things are not going my way. I, I'm, I'm just going to return to where I came from. I have nothing to offer you people. And verse 14 says, they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Opar kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And Ruth said, and and, and she said, Naomi said, behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to return from following after you. For for wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge, and your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. Where you die, will I die, and there I will also be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if ought but death part you and me. So, here's a woman called Ruth. I'm talking about the subject, uh, how God brings marriages together. You see, Ruth was applying this principle that we see in the book of Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Ruth did not move back with Naomi to seek a husband. No, 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 no. Ruth was just seeking... The presence of the Lord Ruth was seeking purpose for her life and the moment as she'd started pursuing that journey it's almost like as if the Lord just planted her in the path of Boaz and likewise Boaz wasn't out looking for a wife he wasn't he was about his business He was a man who was working on his staff. He was working and uh, he was setting up his, he he, he had a farm, uh, the most uh, profitable farm uh, in that region. He was minding his business. So the point here is Ruth was minding her business. She was about the father's business. Boaz was about the father's business. They were both pursuing their purpose. But somehow, in this process, them coming together was just a byproduct. So, in essence, Ruth was Eve, Boaz was Adam. And it's true, because Boaz was already on on his destiny and purpose as well. Ruth, likewise, was pursuing a new destiny, her calling. And the Lord, because of her diligence, she kept her eyes on her purpose. The Lord, by default, just saw this as the best match to make. So when God is pairing people, God is not looking to shortchange you, daughter of God, son of God. God is not looking to shortchange you. And I think even me personally, this has come as a revelation, and I have to step out in faith because somehow you have to get to believing that God is not going to shortchange you. When it comes to your spouse, when it comes to your husband, when it comes to your wife, he is not because God is looking to make the best matches possible. Why would God keep Boaz's eyes closed until Ruth showed up? And why would God keep Ruth's eyes also closed? And, and you know, until you know, showed shoulder. How do you know this? If you go to the book of Ruth, chapter chapter three, I will read this from the New King James so that we don't run, you know, just so that it's clear for everyone. So this is the book of Ruth. Ruth chapter three from verse 10. You'll see what it says. This is Boaz saying, actually, you know what? So anyways, Boaz is, you know, Boaz has now met Ruth. Ruth is working on the on, on the fields of Boaz. She's just there to, to work. She's following after her purpose. So the, the relationship starts to form organically. the the Lord starts to open up both their eyes. But in verse three, it's really interesting because then this is what Boaz said. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning in that you did not go after young men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request. For all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Wow. Here was a woman, Ruth, who was now a widow, but she was about the father's business, she was about her calling. He said, you have showed more kindness in the latter end than the beginning, inasmuch as you did not follow after young men, whether rich or poor. The whole town knew that Ruth was a virtuous woman. Ladies, the whole town knew that Ruth was about the father's business. As you are molding yourself into this virtuous woman, as the Lord is forming you, he is going to now take you to your Boaz because you'll now be comparable. Ruth's work ethic was the same as Boaz. Uh, I I, I believe there's similar passions, but there was a desire, there was a similar desire in where they were both headed. And so in the moment, the Lord saw that the best match for Boaz was Ruth and the best match for Ruth was Boaz this is what this goes back to what we read then in, in, the, in, in the beginning Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 all the way to like 23 is that the Lord was so that there was no one comparable but for Adam the Lord so there was no one comparable to him so what does he do he takes out a rib out of him to form the woman and after forming that brings her back to him now When I first asked the Lord, I said, this was before I did any research on really diving into what's the Hebrew, what's this, what's that. I said, Lord, why is it that, let's just think about it. The Lord could have easily formed, I mean, he could have just created another person, another woman. Why did the Lord have to take something? Something about Adam's identity to form her. Again, it goes back to compatibility. Someone comparable to him. The scripture says every seed produces after its kind. There had to be some alignment, not only in DNA or physiological alignment, but for our sense. This is talking about purpose, identity. Again, remember I said marriage should be best, there should be a connection, there should be compatibility on these three levels, spirit, soul, body, in that order. And so when I kept on thinking about it, this was before I did research and and, and really digging into what does, I kept on asking, why did he take the rib? Why didn't he take hair? Why didn't he take a toenail? And as I was thinking about it, the Lord said, "Okay, where is the rib? The rib, the rib is is some is of the bones that form the rib cage. The rib cage is what is what basically covers up the thoracic cavity. It protects all the most important organs of your body." Your ribs actually start from just below around your collar bones, below the clavicles, as they're called, around there, all the way down and form your diaphragm, all the way down. So the rib cage is what, prote- is, is what forms this whole thoracic cavity, and it protects all those thoracic organs, the most important parts of you, your heart, your lungs, your liver, your kidneys, everything is in there. And these ribs that go all the way down to that you have 12 pairs of ribs and as I was thinking about that he said what is one part that represents that part of our body our righteousness Paul calls it the breastplate of righteousness the breastplate. Where does it cover? It covers the front part. Our righteousness. Our righteousness in Christ is the most, is is the most, um. Identifying thing about our identity in Christ. Everything comes back to our righteousness. Your righteousness is your identity. You know, your, your right standing, your righteousness, your right standing. Our identity in Christ is our righteousness. He was made our righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. So I didn't even know this. This was all just like revelation from the spirit of God. And then out of curiosity, I said, that makes, that makes sense. He took a part out of Adam that represents the most critical thing or key thing about Adam, his righteousness, his identity. And also doing some research, the the ribs are one of, uh, are probably the only, uh, regenerative, uh, organ or tissue. Uh, there's something about regenerative, but anyways, I am saying, yeah, what, what, what other thing represents that part of the body? righteousness but your ribs are protecting your identity the most important things about your body are protected by your rib cage so that's so this is why the lord took a part out of adam was from the thing that protects his identity so when the lord is forming your spouse he's using the things that matter the most to you to form her he forms her or oh, ladies, your husband has the qualities that are key that, that you that you that you build your identity in Christ on. The most important things to your relationship, which is your righteousness, your right standing with God, you, you, you are comparable to Him on that level primarily. That is, that is that. So I saw it. I, I started to see it. I, I'd never seen it. And guess what? Then I say, okay, let me find out what the Hebrew word means, even reeb. So the Hebrew word for reeb is pronounced as sailor, not the sailor we see in the book of Psalms. That's a different one it's pronounced "sela." actually it's pronounced saylo sayla or saylo sayla sayla, say-la. but it's it's spelled uh s e l a that's the transliteration but he's the key in hebrew the reeb has three letters three letters and this, this is the letters to show you that when I, when I read the Hebrews, like, wow, the Holy spirit revealed this to me without even having dug into the Hebrew, this is the power of fellowship where, where God can just start to tell you things and you don't even need to do too much research. What you have to ask him is why, 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 why? And he'll tell you some things. you will be like, okay, okay, okay. So in Hebrew, these three, this word, the Reeb is represented by three words. Three letters, I mean. The first letter is called Ayin. Now, I'm just going to pronounce them the way they are in English. There's a Hebrew way to pronounce them, but for purposes of your own research, the first letter is Ayin. And it's a picture of the eye. And basically, it represents spiritual sight and vision. It also talks about to watch to know and it's also the word and his ruach which is his holy spirit his presence converging in your soul wow so the first letter that 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 when you translate rib, the part that god took out of adam to form the woman these are the things he said so these were the things that he took out of him that he takes out of the husband, your potential husband, to form you is such that there is comparability or comp- compatibility on this on this level. Remember, I said spirit, soul, body. But let's look at this. This talks about spiritual sight and vision. That's what the first letter represents. And then to watch. And then to know. And then talks about the word and his holy spirit, his presence converging in your soul. Then the next letter is this is called lambd or lamed, lambd. And this letter is also very powerful. It makes sense. It's a picture of a staff. The second letter that represents a, a, the, the word reb. Is is called land, and it's a picture of a staff. Well, we are very familiar with that. Who uses a staff? A shepherd to do what? To shepherd the sheep. Now, it means the leader and teacher of the flock. It also the staff can also represent to protect and to steer the sheep. It also talks about to yoke. As in being yoked to Jesus being yoked to God it also talks about discipleship again you can see the key elements that were that the Lord had already formed in man that he took from him to form the woman this is what he took so so a leader a teacher to protect, to steer, discipleship. These were already the qualities that he was that that, that that the Lord will build in your husband. Right? Let's go to the last letter, which which basically for me was like, okay, yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The last letter is called Sade or tsade T-S-A-D-E. Sade. And it's a picture of path Wow path P A T H so it talks about some some of the uh, some of the things that it this it describes is the way the way then it also talks about hunting or chasing it talks about the side of something which really represents the reed taken from the side but he also talks about righteousness wow isn't that powerful righteousness so these are some of the things why the lord chose to take out the reed it, it, it was very symbolic it was very symbolic it was very symbolic so then I want to talk about what's the purpose of marriage. So we we now know the criteria in which God, you know, brings marriages together. But then we also need to have an, we need to have an understanding of the purpose of marriage. Because once you understand the purpose of marriage, it will align you. It will give you better understanding. Of your spouse of your, of your husband or your wife it, it will really tell you um where your heart posture should be as as you're evaluating uh compatibility on spirit soul and body what is the purpose of marriage and the other thing is a, a very key subject that the lord was, was has been talking to me about is uh this subject of delight thyself in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So, this is a this is a famous passage in scripture. Cuz cuz when I was asking the Lord, he was saying, son, you really need to understand the purpose of marriage. You really need to understand the purpose of marriage. And I think A lot of people are in the body of Christ still, they kind of know, but it hasn't really been engraved in their minds, in their spirit, in their soul that, hey, the reason I actually would like to get married is because of this is the primary reason. Because, to understand the purpose of marriage, we need to first of all look at a passage of scripture that the Lord uses. The Lord talk uses talks about reveals something about marriage that should really help you in 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 your desire of this thing called marriage. It should really help you realign how you're trying to approach this subject matter. Okay. This is from Matthew chapter 22, verses 23 to 33, a couple of interesting verses. It says, the same day the Sadducees, who said there is no resurrection, came to Jesus and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses said that if a man dies having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married, and having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second brother also died, and the third, even up to the seventh. My goodness, I rebuke that curse. So all the seven brothers died. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. Now, this is a very interesting question. It says, in the resurrection, meaning in heaven, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. Verse 29 things get real interesting. Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. In the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage. Wow. So what is the purpose of marriage? Because that will really help you in realigning your mind in why you want to get married or in this desire of marriage. Remember, we're no longer doing it as a pursuit of marriage because we know it's the Lord bringing these two people together. The Lord's going to bring you to him and the Lord's going to bring her to you. So we're not we're no longer doing this thing of I am actively seeking. No, 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 no. Be about the Father's business. And he will see the best match to make for you as you continue to come closer to his altar. So what's the purpose of marriage? It's a a question that we must ask. What is the purpose of marriage? So I asked the Lord to peel some things back for me. And he said, son, some of your intentions... You know, some of the intentions of getting married, or of this desire of marriage, and some of the things you expect that you think of the purpose of marriage, are a little bit misconstrued. They are they are out of alignment. And you know, the the Lord, <laughs> I have a very interesting relationship with the Lord. Is um, I I he always just checks me, man. <laughs> oh, I just love it. In the moment i may not love it but after that i'm like oh my goodness so and you know well and i know some people have had these things as as oh, oh, oh i want to get married i want to get married because they think the 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 purpose of marriage is going to be centered around these things and so the lord will deal with you and really just kind of realign your mind and, and realign your your intentions, and you'll be like, Oh my goodness, I was really out of line. Okay. So if marriage is really just a thing for this timeline, this time of our lives, that the moment you check out of this planet, that's it. You you know, you don't show up in heaven and they say you're married to so and so, this is your husband, this is your wife. So It goes back to purpose, right? Adam had received his calling and destiny. God said, It's no one met, there's no one that can help him accomplish this. Let me form a woman for him, let me form a partner comparable to him. So, when we're talking about purpose, uh, we've seen that with Ruth and Boaz both knew what their purpose was. God brings them together to both help each other. Well. Jeremiah 29, 11 gives us the fundamental principle as well. These are some of the scriptures that tell us that we can bank on to know, okay, what's the whole purpose of marriage? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. "they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So the Lord says, I know the plans that I have for you. But all the way in Jeremiah chapter 1, the Lord was also very clear. He said, because this is what he told Jeremiah. He said in verse chapter 1 verse 5, he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So before you even got here, your main purpose was this thing that God had created you to do, to fulfill your purpose, your calling. Because in in the book of Colossians, so we already know. So woman, Miss Eve, soon to be so-and-so's husband, Before the Lord formed you in the womb, he knew you. Before you were born, he had sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. He had a purpose for you. Same as you, my brother, Adam. You had a purpose, you had a calling. And and now, in in Colossians, Paul prays a beautiful prayer. In Colossians, Paul prays a very beautiful prayer. This is in Colossians chapter 1. very powerful this is this is chapter 1 from verse 9 Paul says for this reason this is very very powerful because Paul says for this reason we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will Ah, his purpose says you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy. This is the prayer that Paul. Is praying for that we may be filled with the full knowledge of his will that you may know your purpose, your calling, your destiny in all spiritual wisdom, in comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God and in understanding and discernment of spiritual things that you may walk and live and conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, desiring to please him in all things, that you will be fruitful fruitful in every good work and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, and clearer insight, acquaintance, and recognition. We pray that you may be invigorated, invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory. Wow. To exercise every kind of endurance and patience, perseverance, and forbearance with joy. Wow. It says we give thanks to the father it says we give thanks to the father who has made us to be partakers it says we give thanks to the father who has made us to be partakers we give thanks to the father who has made us to be partakers of this inheritance in the saints so Right then, then you can see what Paul is saying. So once you know your purpose, the whole point of marriage. And then of course the famous, uh, Ephesians one, I mean, Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, actually verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them." That is the purpose of marriage. The purpose of marriage is that you will help him and he will help you. This is the essence of marriage. You will help him and he will help you. You will help her and she will help you. Marriage, the main purpose of marriage, because it says, and this is what the Lord was telling me. It says, son, there's some things I want to build in you before uh, you know, before I can present my daughter to you. I said, okay, what are those? He started to show me things about marriage. He said to say things like, um, uh, I say, he says marriage is not just going to be this thing where all that is happening is, 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 is people right now, uh, look at marriage because they, they look on, on social media and they see cute pictures, cute vacation pictures cute family pictures, and videos of different couples. So we've built a new purpose of marriage based on social media because we think that marriage is coming together and taking cute pictures for Instagram, going on vacation, uh, sex and Netflix and chill, and and yeah, and then you 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 create vlogs about it and show to the world how you have a beautiful marriage. No 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 no. no. Because guess what? In heaven, when you and you the person who was your wife get into heaven, heaven it's about business. The scripture says, "On that day, every man's work shall be tried, and if your work, and it shall be tried with fire." which means everything that you did on this planet will be tried by fire. The works of your hands, every word, every idle word, you, 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 for, for for by your words you shall be justified and by your words you shall be condemned. It says the Lord will judge every idle word. So when you show up on that day and you present the works, because it says all your works are written down, everything you're doing is written down. Now, when you present that book, when that book is presented before the fire of the Lord, it says it will try all those works. And if and it will burn, if it be found with, uh, the scripture uses uh, wood, straw, and stubble. But you want, when you show up on that day to receive your rewards, that the works that you're showing up with on that day are works of gold. That's what the scriptures tries to encourage us about here. It says that the works be the works of gold. The works be the works of gold. I'm trying to find uh, that scripture. It says every man's work will be tried. It's in... Yes. <laughs> wow it's uh this is in it's in first yes it's in first Corinthians chapter three it says every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is there's another part where it talks about um, wood, straw, and and stubble. Let me let me first find that. There's another scripture which which is very, which is a better description. Wood, straw, and and, and stubble. Yeah, first, first Corinthians three twelve. Yes. How come I didn't see that? Yes, and if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, your work will be tried. So what he's basically saying here is that what the Lord has been telling me is saying, Son, I want you to look at marriage as I am just giving you the privilege of helping my daughter fulfill her destiny. You're not coming into marriage to be served. The scripture says the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. There's a lot of people right now who are looking at marriages just so that they can. What am I going to get? What is this person going to give me? What is this person going to give me? No, the Lord has just been straightening me out of saying it is not. You are not getting married just to. Uh, take cute Instagram pictures, videos, vlogs, have sex, and that's it. No, there's a purpose, an identity. There's a purpose I have ordained for my daughter on this planet. And I'm only giving you the, the privilege to walk with her, to finish her fight. Paul talks about fight the good fight of faith. Then he talks about I have run my race. Because, guys, you see, and this is kind of shocking to me. Marriage is not, listen, when you get up on that day that Paul is talking about where your works will be tried, how disappointing when you go up to the Father to receive your crown of righteousness and your gifts that for all the works that you did in your marriage will all be burnt down. Because all it was, it was just selfies, it was just Instagram pictures, it was just vlogs. No, 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 no. And that's why it's key to be aligned on spirit, soul, body. Because in heaven, they don't marry. So the only purpose of marriage is to help me, is, is, is to help God's daughter to finish her course on this planet. She, my wife will always be God's daughter. She will not always be my wife. No, she's only my wife until we depart and go home to be with the Lord. After that, But before she was born, she was God's daughter. After she leaves this planet, she's still God's daughter. And he's only for him to consider me worthy to be the one to walk with her. This remaining part of her journey is a privilege and a divine honor. And that's why when you look at the structure of marriage, he's talking about things like uh, the man should wash the woman in the word. We've taken the scripture of treat women as as the as the weaker vessel as, out of context. No, no, no. He's saying she's precious. He says treat her as precious as she is. You may not know this, but women are the crown jewel of creation. They were the last thing to be created. And isn't it also interesting that God did not need a man to to bring Jesus onto the planet? He needed a woman, Mary, but she had a virgin birth. So he's telling me, son. Uh, The same way the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, came here and laid down his divine privileges so that he could help us fulfill our destiny in Christ, the works that were ordained for us before the foundation of this world. He's saying, son, the same way Jesus came off the throne, came down from heaven, took on the body of a man to help you achieve, to help you walk in the good works that I've ordained for you since before the world, is the same way. I want you to sacrifice your life for my daughter to finish her destiny. This is about serving. And now I'm here learning how to serve and saying, Father, teach me. I I, I, I didn't learn that. I come from Africa where, where the culture is about women serving men but that's that's not what the word of the lord says because our savior Jesus Christ he's a server he 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 said this i've not come to serve, to be served but to serve me he washed his disciples' feet he cooked them food he took he took the burden for us and he has passed on the baton down to me the man that's what he wants me to be there for her to love her, to care for her in moments when she's not feeling well, in moments when maybe the world might tell her that her body type is out of style. For me to appreciate her, to make her feel loved, to be with her all until the end. It is, it is a divine privilege and honor, gentlemen. Do not get into this seeking said, I'm in this. To have my sexual needs met. To have someone cook for me. No, 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 no. This is not what is about, guys. Ladies, this is not what marriage is about. Adam had his purpose. And Eve was formed to be comparable to Adam's purpose. So you're being formed to help Adam fulfill his purpose and destiny. Likewise. This is the approach. We're both coming into this to serve each other. You're coming in to serve me, to help me, to help me. But I am not looking at you to come in to serve me, but your your your, your mentality should be I am looking to help this man fulfill his destiny. And I am also coming in to say I am looking to help you fulfill your destiny. Because it's a privilege that we both have. Because this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, especially in these bodies. It's only for this time, so that when we cross over to this side of heaven, you look back and are proud that I am the man that you decided to do this part of your journey with. And when I look there and I present the works to my Lord, my savior, my master, my my Adon, I am looking at you and saying, thank you, Lord, that that's the woman that you put in my path. This is this woman. It says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? These two are walking to a destiny. So he's totally changed um, my perception on, on, on the real meaning of love. Love is about serving. It's about being a servant leader. It's about this attitude of service. This is the same humility. This is why Christ was given the name above every other name. He humbled himself to the level of a servant. This is not for me to just walk in and be a man and have my feet raised on a couch and have a woman preparing me food. And if she no, 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 it goes beyond that. It's I'm coming in as Christ and knowing that she too has a destiny and purpose. And my job is to help her fulfill it and finish it. All the other things are just extras. The Instagram pictures, that's just, that's just extra. That's not the core. That's the, that's not the meat. The sex, the vacations, all of that. No, no, no. That's not why we go, that's not why we're doing this. And that's why people get tired of their marriages because after you've had sex for, I don't know, a couple of years. You feel like, you feel like the marriage has lost, um, uh, the, the the fire has burnt out. Let's say if if the mar- if the sex becomes ordinary, that that now, the the fire of the marriage, the purpose of the marriage is burnt out, and most people are just dragging along, just raise their kids, and no 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 no. It's deeper. And I'd never seen it from this standpoint. He's saying, son, so, and now people ask, why am I not yet married? Well, because the Lord is not looking to to do uh, mismatches. The Lord is not in business of making mismatches. You see, the Lord is not going to be to see a guy who has taken diligence who has been about the father's business, who has sacrificed a lot of things that he could do. And now he's in the line of his purpose, his destiny and calling. And the Lord has worked on him and turned turned him into a mighty man of valor. And then he's just going to shortchange him and just bring him anybody. No, 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 no. That's why he said he, he found not one comparable to Adam. It's still happening today. Yes, you can say that at that time there was no woman, but trust me even right now these these the 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 person the lord is working on this guy and the guy has has submitted so you think the lord is just going to take any other woman that is not comparable to him and be the person that he, that he brings to him no that will be unfair of the lord That would go against the fan, the principles that he's showing us about marriage. Likewise, the Lord is not going to take uh, uh, one of his beautiful daughters. He has worked on her. She's strong in her identity. She's not looking at the world for fulfillment of her beauty. She's a strong, virtuous woman. And think, ladies, and think that the Lord is going to sure change you. That he's just going to present to you uh, John Doe off the street. No. Your flesh? Ladies, your flesh might, you, you, in your flesh, you might look at someone off the streets and think, oh, they're appealing, and you and you're wanting the Lord to put that matchup together, but he's not. Because for him, he's saying the the, the physical attributes, or maybe the characters of the world, that the, the desires of the person, those things will not matter when you stand before me. And I have to reward you and I have to test the works that you did on this lifetime by fire. So why knowing? Why would I put your future, your destiny in jeopardy and bring you a man who is not able to help you fulfill your destiny? And we don't look at it like that. We don't look at it like that. The Lord's primary way of putting these matchups together is best on need and destiny. He's going to bris- he's going to present the person that he knows will help you fulfill your destiny. You might not know that that's what you need. You might have things that you want. You may not know that this is what is key. This is what's important. It's your need. But if the Lord lets you go by what you want... Knowing very well that what you want won't bring you to your destiny and purpose and fulfillment. On that day when you're crying, when all your works are being burnt down by fire and there's no gold. And it was works of 50 years because let's say you've been married together for 50 years. And yes, on earth you're celebrating uh, 50 years. What do they call it? Silver Jubilee. But when you get into the other side of heaven, all your silver, all the works of your silver jubilee are being burnt because they are wood, hay, and stubble, and none of them was silver and gold. You see, the Lord does think, he's been teaching me this. He's saying, son, I want you to to realign uh, because I'm not going to give you my daughter if all you think this is going to just, if you think this is a sex machine, if you think this is for v, v, uh, uh, vlogs. Instagram pictures date nights vacations he say no 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 Th- those are just 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 the um those are just the accompaniments I want you to know that you're getting into this to help my daughter fulfill her destiny that's the kind of husband I want you to be to protect her when the world challenges her identity and tells her she's not beautiful anymore. No, 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 no. To stand up and say, I married you for spirit, soul, body. Our spirits are beautiful. That's the foundation of our our marriage and our union. To be there for her, to serve her. Yes, to even do the annoying things. When it's 2 p.m. and she tells you to go downstairs, to pick up something for her. When she tells you to get out of bed and go turn off the light. But it's about support. The same way Christ has humbled himself to serve us to fulfill the calling that our Abba Father has for us is the same way Christ wants us to be. For me to help my wife to fulfill the purpose and calling. And likewise, ladies, it is so you can help this man to fulfill his purpose and calling and destiny that is the purpose of marriage and so a lot of people find themselves praying prayers like you know and the the starting point where this happened was when the lord used the scripture that says delight thyself in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart uh this is psalms 34 i believe verse 9 no yeah psalms 34 I believe verse four. Uh, maybe Psalms 36. One second. Yeah. This is in Psalms 30. I believe Psalms 36. Anyways. So it talks about delight thyself in the Lord. yeah psalms 37 verse 4 says delight yourself also in the lord and He shall give you the desires of your heart what does this mean the lord has been really pulling back the curtain and this is how he's been teaching me he says when it comes to the desire of getting married it's not a wrong desire because it's god who said man should not be alone and 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 so he created a woman to bring so Getting married is, is, a, is a beautiful desire to have. However, you have to delight yourself in the Lord on this issue. There's something that I'm, I'm coming up that I'm, 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 I'm noticing a pattern in the scriptures. It talks about there's something called uh, ask for the thing behind the thing. You see, Solomon asked for wisdom. And the Lord was really impressed. He said, you, you could have asked for health, long life, wealth but he asked for wisdom because if i give you wealth along these things without wisdom you will lose it and the thing behind the thing is, is is always a character thing so the desire to get married is not wrong it's beautiful The desire to get married is not wrong desire. You should have the desire to get married. However, how you should approach it is you should first delight thyself in the Lord, and he will just give you that desire. You see, instead of praying, God, where's my wife? You know, give me my husband. Give me. First delight yourself in him, meaning rest in him and first find out what's your purpose Okay, also, what is the purpose of marriage? So by delighting thyself in the Lord, you're basically seeking first the, king, the kingdom of God, and then he'll add the partner to you. Seeking first the kingdom of God, you can. it also has a context of if there's something, let's say, you want to start a business. When you seek first the kingdom of God, you're seeking first his wisdom, his counsel, his direction his alignment on the subject and then once he's once you've established synchronicity with him he by default just gives you the thing so for me in delighting myself on this desire of marriage how do i approach this is is asking him to teach me how to love his daughter he said what what how should i how should i you know as, as as we saw the description of the word reeb, one of the letters being land, which talks about a leader, a teacher, to protect, to steer, discipleship, righteousness, the way, the path, spiritual sight and vision to know, to watch, to be an eye. I start asking him, how should I love your daughter? You know. Where are some of the things where I normally have a short fuse? What parts of my character would cause uh, fires to come up in my marriage? When you bring her to me, what things do I need to watch out for? Where should I be more compassionate? Where should I be more supportive? Where should I be more accepting? Where should I be more submissive? In what capacities? So the Lord starts to show you. This is what it's, this is what when it says seek ye first. There's an aspect of seeking first God, but there's also another, there's another aspect of on an issue, you first seek Him, His way of handling that before you enter into business. Seek Him. How should I do this business? What do I need to know? Teach me how you do, how you, how to build a successful business. Teach me how to treat my customers. Teach me how to build. Teach me how to do all these things. Then, by default, he gives you the desire. Yes, there's the other aspect of you just seek him and he changes the desires of your heart. But there's also this aspect of context where we say, I'm going to delight in you on this issue. Show me how to love her. Show me how to care for her. Show me how to support her. Show me how to pull her up. Show me how to love everything about her. Show me how to love her when she's 80. Show me how to love her when she's 31. Show me how to love her when she's 50. Show me how to be loyal to her. Show me how to be truthful to her. Show me what are the things that will cause me to stumble. What are the things that will cause trouble, will cause problems. And the Lord will start to show you these things. And vice versa. Ladies, do the same. don't believe all of these things of uh, uh, horoscope signs and all this all this stuff about um, love languages and this and that is deeper than that. Ask the Lord what are the real love languages? How should I love your how should I love my husband? how should I treat him how should I support him? Show me things in my character. That I need to build upon to be able to be a great mother. To be a great wife. To be a great partner. Once you start to ask the Lord, once the Lord builds those characters in you, by default, he's just going to take you to your husband. Because He has finished forming you. And likewise, by default, he's already finished forming these things in me. So by default, he'll just bring her to you. It becomes easy for him to, to answer that prayer. You don't even need to pray about it. Adam didn't even pray for a wife. He didn't. Boaz didn't pray for a wife. Ruth didn't pray for a husband. How did they end up together? It's because the things that the Lord evaluates highest had already been aligned and sorted out. Which was their character postures. Of seeking him first, seeking their purpose first, seeking their destiny first, seeking the will for his life, for their lives first, and then, once there was alignment on that level, it was done deal. The Lord just brought Ruth to Boaz, and yes, He just brought Eve to Adam. Adam didn't pray for a wife, so. When you talk about delighting thyself in the Lord on this issue and he'll give you the desires of your heart, this is what he's talking about. So seek first here as well, talks about go about the father's business. Don't go to church meetings to find a spouse. Don't go to church congregations. For you, your, your, your primary objective is to seek a spouse. No. Go there to seek fellowship with fellow brothers and sisters first. And then the Lord will open both your eyes and you will see and know each other. Seek first. Seek ye first means seeking first his opinion, his main objective for that thing or situation. So, If I'm dressing up to go to church on Sunday, my main objective should be, I'm going in to meet Jesus and to be in his presence. And as a byproduct, as I keep coming to his presence, it's inevitable that he will open my eyes and I will see my wife right there. And likewise, this should be the approach the best person for you will be the one who has met the same commitment in moving as close as they can to the father so you will not have to turn your head around. You'll not have to break your neck to find them. If you just keep being about the father's business, he'll put these things together. This is this is one of the things I was talking to my sister about. One of my sisters, I said, I said listen, if you just go about the father's business on this issue, it doesn't matter whether you're in South If the Lord can create trips... Just so that you two people can meet on the plane. I'm telling you, once your destinies and purposes are aligned in the Lord, the other stuff is the easiest for the Lord. If you are on one side of the continent and she is on one side of the continent, the Lord will bring her together. He will bring you together. He will create urgency for her to travel. He'll create urgency for him to travel and for you to travel at the same time. And you will meet Not knowing that both of you have just been seeking the Father so diligently. Your purposes and your wills have lined up. And all the Lord just needs is now to make something happen in the natural. And from the moment that you talk, you're going to feel like, oh, my goodness. It feels like I've known this person forever. It's because the Lord was working on the things that form your compatibility on a spirit, soul, and body level. So you say, oh, man, I feel like I've known this person for a long time. I feel like I... All that stuff is is just the the Lord, that stuff is just the icing on the cake. That stuff is the easy stuff to do for for you to meet him. You do not need to be looking for, you know, the Lord, the Lord can just bring you two together. Just make you two meet at a grocery store, make you two meet at a gas pump. The Lord can create a way that she will have to talk to you. You will have to talk to her. And boom, the rest is history. again think about it as human beings there's a lot of filth that we're trying to burn away scripture says the Lord is a consuming fire so as both you and her as both you and him move towards the altar where the fire of God is stronger, as you move closer and closer to the fire of God it will start to burn away the filth and impurities of our character it will bring out it will bring out the finest things it will purify us like silver and the lord will say this is a match or a union or a matrimony and this is a union that i'm ready to put together but because there's been commitment from both sides so i just want to challenge you to approach this subject moving forward like this go and read through rebecca was prepared for isaac rachel was prepared for jacob Uh, Ruth was prepared for Boaz. It just, if you look at how the Lord has done it, that's how he does it. So let's go back to the basics on this issue. The faster you start to seek the Lord, your purpose, your destiny, your calling, the faster he will bring Eve to you and vice versa. Ladies, the faster you allow the Lord to form your purpose and destiny and your calling in you, the faster he will take you to your husband. So both the man and the woman have a role to play. They both have to be submissive to God in this process. They're both running parallel to the altar of God. But they're both on this journey where they're both running parallel and once as they get closer and closer and closer to the to the the altar of God, he says, daughter, meet my son. Son, meet my daughter. Boom, it's done. But both of them are pursuing his calling and his purpose in them first. And then the Lord says, this is a match that I am ready to put together. You don't even need to pray about it. So for me, this has also been a wake-up call. I've had to re-pivot my mind to say, okay, Lord, I now put this issue back in your hands. You've given me revelation, and I'm going to believe I am going to keep running to your altar. As I keep running to your consuming fire, more impurities will be burnt away from my character. And the woman that I find in your presence and your altar will, without a shadow of a doubt, be my wife. I've dropped the posture of seeking. No. 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 Not going to do that. And trust me, it takes faith to do that. It takes faith to put this back in the hands of the Father. That's the approach I had used previously. And I feel like I've moved away from it. Put me in trouble. But now I'm going back to that. And I want to challenge you to do the same thing. I am telling you, the faster and sooner you can just start to do this. And listen, you can also pray for your wife. You, you don't even need to know who she is. You just have to say, Lord, I know there's a person you have in mind for me. I pray that you work with them, quicken them in that in, in, in full in finding out what is their purpose. They don't have to fulfill it yet because I'm going to help them work with them and fulfill it. help them fulfill it. But you can intercede for them. You can intercede for your husband. You don't need to know who they are. You just say, Lord, I'm praying for my husband today. I'm praying for my wife. Protect her, be with her, work with her, open her eyes, um, help her, quicken her, because I have a desire to meet her soon. That's a a prayer from a good posture. I have a desire to meet her soon. So work in me, work in her. But this is what we have to get back to. Be about the Father's business. Otherwise, you, you end up into prayer land, Praying and 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 praying. And And yet there's an easier way to have this prayer answered without stressing about it. So let's go back to that. I really feel that I've shared um, what the Lord put on my heart. What he's been working with me on. So I hope this episode blessed your heart this was Unplugged. I hope this episode blessed your heart. Your host for today was Calvin Kamanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.